You're listening to the Anthony Mercurio Performance Podcast, a show dedicated to breaking down elite sports performance and fitness. My name is Anthony Mercurio, and I've worked with thousands of athletes over the last 15 years of strength and conditioning. And if you're looking for ways to improve your speed, jumping ability, or just overall athleticism, then this is the show for you. Let's get after it. And welcome back to another episode of the Anthony McCur... I can't even say my name correctly. The Anthony Mercurio Performance Podcast. And today we're going to talk about my history again, but talking about where I've developed some of these ideas around coaching that are more specifically related to speed development. Now, athleticism and speed development has kind of become my real big passion in terms of athletic performance. Lifting and strength training... Everybody can do that kind of stuff. Everybody can teach somebody how to squat, power clean, and do all those sorts of things where I find what separates a good kind of sports performance program and a great sports sports performance program is the athleticism component. So now speed is a skill just like many other things, and it can be developed. And this is where I think many people find that they struggle with the idea of it because they think it's genetics driven and that you're either fast or you're not. And either you have these things or you don't. But the truth of the matter is, if you do the right things, you can actually develop speed in a very substantial and significant way to make yourself faster. And here is kind of where it all started for me. In the previous podcast, we talked about, you know, my experience coaching track and field and how I got involved with strength and conditioning. So when I first started coaching track and field, I don't even know, 12 years ago, maybe now maybe 15. I don't even know. The years just go by these days. So when I first started coaching track and field, I wasn't really super experienced to the sport. You know, I might've done track and field a little bit, but I never coached it. You know, I knew running was a component and I used to throw a little bit. So I knew how to throw the shot put in discus. And I did, I knew some basics of each event, but what ended up happening in the program that I was a part of, he you know, the head coach gave me the throwers at first, my first season there. He was like, well, you know, we don't have anyone to work with these throwers and you're a football guy. You know how to do this kind of stuff. So I work with the throwers. After that, you know, there was a couple of jumpers who were pretty good on their own and they were independent and they weren't really getting any coaching, specifically a triple jumper who at the time was, was very good and very passionate and dedicated to wanting to become better. So during that time, I was like, yeah, I'll work with you. You know, whatever. What is there? I'm, I'm one of the things that, you know, if anything else that I'm willing to learn, willing to put in the effort, put my head down and grind a little bit, even if I don't know the thing right away, because I will go out and learn it. And that's what I did with the triple jump. So I consumed everything I could about the triple jump, how to do it, things to get better, so on and so forth. That triple jumper Ended up becoming one of the best in New York City and ended up winning a state championship both in her senior year in the indoor and outdoor track and field um, for New York State. So I guess I, we, we were on to something. And, and as we kept getting better, uh, this, this athlete and, and myself, we kept getting better. At, she kept getting better at the triple jump. I kept getting better at my knowledge of the sport. I reached out to um, a pretty, at the time, you know, world-renowned kind of track and field coach. And one of the things that I've always done too is I just reach out to people. I'll just cold email people asking for help, asking for assistance. And 
I would say nine out of 10 times, these people who were at the upper echelon of their field would help. Uh, I very rarely did not get a response from people, you know, when I was genuinely looking for help. So much so that this coach had given me, you know, their, their training plan, gave me videos, gave me a bunch of stuff to kind of help me on my way to learning about sports or, and, and speed, especially track and field in terms of the sprints, you know, the hurdles, the long jump and the triple jump. So in that sense, there, there was a lot of learning, right? So a lot of learning about, you know, like how do we make someone faster? How speed is a skill that can be developed. How if we get people in the right positions, they can succeed. And over that time, we used to spend tons of time working on technique. These are track and field athletes, mind you. So much of our practice was driven on technique, you know, getting our foot in the right position stepping over our ankle or knee or stepping over wickets or, you know, pulling sleds or each other or doing whatever we needed to do to get that extra, you know, 10th of a second or that extra inch on the jump or whatever that might be and look like for a track and field athlete. And now as I've, you know, progressed away from working with primarily track and field athletes, and I work with a lot of field sport athletes, what I've found, and even with my track and field athletes to some extent, is that when you overemphasize the technique we lose some of the some of the stuff in there, and also, you know, we would spend, you know, all indoor track season, all outdoor track season. So we're talking maybe six months out of the year, seven months out of the year, um, working on technique. And by the end of the, you know, by the outdoor track season championships, everyone would look perfect and flawless. And and then by the time I'd come back the next outdoor season, everyone would be back to their kind of old habits. So what does that tell me about, you know, our mechanics is really the the way that we run is the way that we run. We can make some minor changes in their technique, but to spend all the time working on technique, especially outside of a track and field athlete, is almost a waste of time. You're not going to make significant changes to somebody's running mechanics or their patterns, at least not when they're already older and developed. It becomes much more difficult to change those things. So what we want to do is we want to just give them more exposure to sprinting at full speed, and we want to give them more opportunities to get stronger in the positions that they need to be stronger in. So this is where like the strength and conditioning coach who's working with field and sport and court athletes comes into play as we kind of have to dissect what they do in their sport, how they play, how they move, and then some things that are going to be beneficial for them. For me, some of the big takeaways for speed are our sled pushes and pulls. You know, we work on a lot of starts. We work on, you know, belly starts and races and these different things that make it competitive and timed. And and the more we can get people just to sprint, like we have uh, those air runner uh bean-shaped manual treadmills, which we do for max velocity work. We are, I'm in the Northeast, so being able to get on a treadmill all year round and sprint is super beneficial. We do belly starts and flying tens with timers. We do a lot of stuff where we get athletes' numbers and make them have to work for it and run really fast. And the, obviously, you know, if there's issues, then we have to overcome them. You know, some athletes might come in with hip, knee, or ankle stuff. And if there are issues that they get a result from running, then we have to resolve them in our corrective exercises, our warmups, or our strength training and how we develop that. But most of the time, we don't spend a whole lot of time working on technique unless it's directly correlated with how do we push a sled better? Because if you can push a sled better, then you can accelerate better, right? And if you can chase somebody, you know, off of a belly start, then you can accelerate better. You know, so these things kind of naturally come into play when you put athletes in the proper positions and give them the proper drills and skills to kind of do those things without over-emphasizing the technique of things. So 
little tidbit there on straight ahead speed. Now, where a lot of folks, you know, it's changing a little bit over the last couple of years, but a lot of folks struggle doing speed and conditioning for field and court and sport athletes because they only develop that track and field mentality where athletes are only running straight. The problem with that is that many field and court athletes don't just run straight. They actually very rarely run straight. They're running curves, they're changing direction, they're going side to side. So there's a lot of different nuances and, and varieties to the movement that if aren't trained properly is where the things run, we run into trouble. So what you have to do and how we break it down, if we have a, a three day a week split, we'll do one day as acceleration, one day as change of direction, and one day as max velocity. And then the next week we'll flip flop and we'll do two lateral days and one linear day. So we, we focus our days on, uh, especially our speed development on linear days, which we're working like forward and backwards type stuff where we're working, you know, acceleration, deceleration and the, you know, going forward, straightening and staying in a straight line. And then we'll work acceleration, deceleration on the side, side to side. And then we'll mix in, you know, curved running, which is a max velocity uh, speed cut, so to speak. So we're changing direction or we're moving in a different direction, but at a faster way versus a traditional hard cut. So there's a lot of different ways we can add speed and dynamics in there. And one of the things that, you know, I've come across kind of recently is this idea of vector training, which to me, you know, playing football for a long time looks like a football wide receiver tree. So in a wide receiver tree, um, you know, there's different routes based off of numbers and you go in different directions. So one is just straight up, one is straight up into, you know, at a, at a corner or a post, one is straight up and turns in, one is straight up and turns backwards, one is straight up and comes right straight back. So if we look at all those different planes of motion and all those different vectors, it gives us an opportunity to train a lot of different change of direction opportunities, as well as, you know, like learning how to use our body in space. And we do these through both running and jumping and get people a lot of variety of exposures in their training so that when they get into their sport, they have the maximum opportunity for success and a minimal opportunity for injury. Hope that helps and love to dive deeper into these, but we're only given 10 minutes and I could talk about speed all day long. So until next time, I'd love to hear what you thought. And if you have any reviews or comments and go in there and shoot me some five-star reviews so we can get keep this train moving. Have a great day.